Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. <laughs> Funny text from the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Trailer Wheel and Frame! Seth, did the guy that quit the station yesterday do it to your face, face-to-face, the way we do it in Texas? That's, <laughs> that's a text from somebody who listens to all four hours of the show. Seth got the greatest text yesterday, I think, ever to this show. Seth, I'll he let was, you recap yeah. it. He was upset that I was talking a lot of smack about Sean Payton. And he was saying that for some reason, um, this guy, this, this guy hates Landry Locker and me because we talk too much smack. And he said in Texas, and this is like, as he's calling me all kinds of names and everything that I can't say on radio. And he said, in Texas, we say it to a man's face. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he, but he said this via text. So right. that was the, uh, that, that was the part that was, irony. Um, thy name is yeah, that text. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. funny. That is funny. He conceded. He conceded that there, uh, there was a little hypocrisy there, but he said it's cause he didn't have, but this is the problem. He said it's cause he didn't have the opportunity to say it to my face, but then I have to be very careful because I can't be like, we well, yeah, will show up at such and right, such. Right. 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 You know that, where to find me. That can look a little bit like uh, provoking, <laughs> provoking an incident. Especially because so. chances are you're like a hundred pounds heavier than this guy. Well, no, no, but also though, like, yeah, but also just that's the kind of thing. This is what always happens on social media. I've learned, Sean, that like when whenever somebody like comes into the DMs and starts getting really aggressive with me, I try to be as super cool as possible. And a lot of times I'll like, I'll be like, Hey, like, let's have a discussion about this. Here's my email. Go ahead and just email me because all they're waiting for you to do is be like, all right, buddy, let's go. And then that turns into the screenshot. They're like, look at what, look at what shock jock Seth Payne said. Right, right. (laughs) He's unhinged. Look at this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you gotta be very, very careful when somebody's trying to lead you down that road. All right. So the belief with D'Amico Ryans is, I don't say the belief, but I I think there's a a lot of speculation that, okay, it probably makes sense for a guy who's a first time head coach to have some experience on his staff, to have a, maybe even a former head coach who can, guide him through the rough waters that maybe that former head coach experienced at some point to be an advisor, a consigliere of sorts um, on on the staff. I think Lovey Smith was going to kind of be that for David Culley if he lasted for more than a season. You know, we've seen other other head coaches do that. Other first-time head coaches have experience on their staff as well. Yeah. Um, thus far, I've not seen anybody that's been announced for this staff where I – see them fitting that description right now it's a yeah it's a fairly young like, staff yeah it feels like they're they're kind of out there without necessarily the guidance of an older coach which i mean i think that is more the standard way of doing it teams will teams will hire consultants or they'll have assistant head coaches a lot of times it's a the guy that becomes an assistant head coach is a guy that was already on the staff like romeo cornell you know and Romeo Cornell was a good guy to Romeo Cornell was a good guy for Bill O'Brien to have because it fit that classic. Hey, here's an older guy that's been a head coach who can handle the defense and maybe allow Bill O'Brien to focus a little bit more on the offense. But I think, especially because Romeo was a opposite temperament of Bill O'Brien, yes. he might have been really good at times of just calming him the hell down, perhaps. Um, so I think, like D'Amico, I don't think we have to worry about that. I don't think we have to worry about D'Amico needing to be calmed down but there are obviously like various times where like, like Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan can call his dad when he's got issues about like hey how do you think I should handle this or like all right this is this is like a this this is a PR nightmare with this player I've got is it worth it all that kind of stuff he's got his dad as a sounding board most NFL head coaches don't have a father who was a um 
uh, an NFL head coach. A decades. Super Bowl yeah. winning yeah. head coach <laughs> who's the architect of one of the greatest offensive systems ever. No, you're right about yeah. that. So, so do you have a do you have a, a short list in your upper right hand drawer like a, like you're a search firm right now? I I kind of brainstormed yeah. because honestly, it's hard to start figuring out. Okay, I. Couple guys that I thought of are already dead, you know, like Don Shula. That's not going to work out. He's dead, and but I didn't. I had forgotten that at the time. Um, I thought like I thought Jimmy Johnson maybe, except the Jimmy Johnson I think is uh, he, <laughs> Dude, he might be a bad influence. Jimmy, no, well, I, just, I just think Jimmy wants to be on his boat five days a week and be in LA yeah. doing TV. The other two, I, he lives down there in the Keys, and people come to see him like he's a. A monk on top of a mountain in yeah. Tibet or something, you know. Yeah. The people they they make the they make this journey to somewhere in the Keys and they sit at his foot while he delivers wisdom to them. Yeah, he doesn't want to move on from that. No, no, no. You um, uh, you got other names? I thought Bill Cower. I think about I don't know. Bill Cower has lost his fastball if he ever had one on um on the broadcasts. Oh yeah. He's, He's having the helped along a little bit at times with uh, just some of the stuff. I, I don't, I don't think he's really loving it. Maybe the perhaps the way he did when it was a change of pace. I feel like Bill Cower might be a good guy to just be able to to be around as a sounding board. Yeah, I feel like he's got wisdom to dispense. I guess that's my question for you, Seth, and your yeah. search firm for this particular role is: Do you envision this person for D'Amico being somebody who is actually? on the staff and in the building, the way Romeo Cornell was yeah. for Bill O'Brien, or do you envision them being more of a consultant that you know swoops in once a month on a private plane and the rest of the time you've got him on speed dial sort of thing? I want him, I want him to be more of the latter. I think, like, um, the, look, I can remember when Gary Kubiak was in his first year as head coach with the Texans. He was doing so many things really, really well. I was really impressed. I was, I was a veteran player. I'd seen my share of coaches in the NFL. And I thought Kubiak came in for a guy that some people questioned whether he had the right persona or what have you. He came in and he had a head coach's persona. And I thought that he did a great job of delegating. I think there were some, you know, some staff issues that he had to clean up over the first couple of years. But I do remember there was one day... <laughs> There was one day where he came in and you could tell that all the enormity of the job had gotten to him a little bit because he referenced something about how he was tired of getting the calls about where guys are at 2 a.m. and all this other stuff that, you know, which is the stuff that you have to deal with. The very, like, you've got to have a system in place for dealing with the people that are trying to dime out some dude for just living his life or trying to blackmail somebody it's a it's all this extra drama the 2 a.m phone calls basically that i don't think you can really prepare yourself for that's where having somebody like well a gary kubiak you know um would uh, would really come in handy kubiak kubiak might be the ideal guy i think just like dom capers is working as a consultant for ijiro ivero evero whatever and jero ivero the new young defensive coordinator in in Carolina, and Dom Capers was the head coach of Carolina. More time has passed since Dom Capers was the coach in Carolina than time has passed since Kubiak was the head coach here. But I don't, I don't feel like it would be awkward 
I, you know, and I don't know if it would be awkward for Gary or anybody in the team, but um, do you feel like that would be an awkward fit for Gary to show back up as a consultant, even though he's no. a head coach just 10 years ago? No, no, I don't, I don't think so, because he's very popular, for one thing. And number two, yeah. if his son is on the staff, then it's logical. If, if, we, he, he's not yet, you know, we don't right. know. Or if he's even going to be, he's got opportunities. But if Clint Kubiak's on the staff, then I, if he's on the staff, I almost assume that guys on that staff, including D'Amico, and I think D'Amico could lean on Gary even without Clint there, but I think if Clint were there, it would it would increase the chances, I think. But I, I don't know. Maybe Clint wants to, you know, maybe yeah, like, Clint's like, I, 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 I don't want you, I don't want training wheels. I don't need you helping me, Dad. I can ride this bike by myself. Yeah, yeah I don't want Dad hanging around all over the place. Yeah. That's, uh, I just want to make my own, My and maybe it would be different if it was in a different city, but this is, Houston. this is where, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Although Kubiak would be a cool dad, though, I think. Well, the whole thing about Kubiak is, and I think I said this yesterday, much like Capers, oh, I said this on with Clinton's show, much like Capers, like he doesn't have an ego the way some guys do. You know, you hear these stories about like when Bill Walsh stepped back at with the 49ers, it wasn't all that great because he was he was behind the scenes still being very much uh, criti- uh, critical of various Bill Parcells when he stepped back into a front office role with the Dolphins. Yeah. That's how it went, right? Head coach of the Dolphins. He, he it, was never the head coach there. Oh, he wasn't the head no, coach. Okay. No. But it was, okay, you know what? I can think of like Tom Coughlin and Bill Parcells when they tried to settle into front office jobs. Yeah. I think they had a hard time. You know, they had a hard time not wanting to grab the wheel. Yeah, it, sure. It felt and seemed like they wanted to grab the wheel at some point. I don't see Kubiak being that way. I think he's, for one, I think he's 100% done with coaching. And I think he could very much be a guy that has, could sit there at 35,000 feet, see the bigger picture, and, and provide good advice. Yep, I, 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 agree, with, I agree with that. You know what, um, um, the other thing that amazes me is you talked about all the things to manage the 2 o'clock in the morning phone calls and stuff like that, and I gained a greater appreciation for this at our first softball practice for the Boots for Troops softball game that I'm managing the veterans in on Friday. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you wearing the, a uniform like yes, a real manager? Yes, I am. Okay. They're getting, yeah, yeah, they're getting me a jersey. and uh, Yes, I'm wearing a uniform. Um, the game will be up in Tomball. If you want, bootsfortroops.org. If you want to buy tickets, I'll be managing the, I'll be managing the veterans against a team of civilians that will be managed by the diabolical, nefarious Landry Locker. Of course Landry took the civilians. Of course he did. <laughs> we were assigned them. Um but you know what I gained a greater appreciation of? Names. Learning people's names. Oh, it's hard, yeah. Holy crap. I, I have 12 guys on my team. It took me a whole practice just to get everybody's name down. A football training camp? I mean, like, granted, like, a lot of the guys are already there, but you got like yeah. all these undrafted free agents and you got all the new draft picks and everything. Man. With those, at least, though, you're always, you know, when you're talking about those prospects, you might have their picture up on the board, you know, when, yeah. you're, when, you're, when you're discussing them. Maybe. So there's time in the offseason. But you're right. It is a lot of names. Lot I always wonder names. about that with coaches – like guys that have coached high school for forty years, there's got okay. I gotta. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna call up a couple of these. I don't. I know a few guys that have coached a long time, and I've never actually asked them. Like, what's it like when somebody from 1979 comes up and is like, "Hey, I was your third string center. Remember me?" You can't, right? No. <laughs> yeah, like you can't possibly remember no, that kid. No, that sucks. Oh, but that sucks. Man. I also wonder too. Some of these um, these teams like Alabama and. Uh, these blue blood teams from the past, you know, decade or 20 years. Like when you, when they have a bowl game, how do they decide exactly who gets to stand on the sidelines? There's going to be a lot of pissed off, formerly great players. Yeah. 
I can tell you. I almost like these days it's probably done by social media status or something. I don't know the full list of criteria, but I can tell you what probably is number one. How much are you donating to the school these days? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a complicated matrix there. I'll, I'll tell you what, like having been around various, you know, ex-player events and stuff, there's always somebody that's disgruntled about like oh. them not being treated with the proper amount of respect. And I'm like, oh God, just, I don't want any part of that, man. There's like, too yeah. many guys in football for that not yeah. to happen. It's just, yeah. it's the sport where the rosters are by far the biggest. All right. Uh, it's really what's kept me from coaching at the same high school for 40 years. That, no, you've talked about that before. I, like, all, you know, obviously I'd win multiple state championships, and at which point, like, how do I cut off, like, which kids get to get honored at halftime? It's a everything. tough thing, man. It's a yeah. tough thing. Uh, all right, we'll get to some headlines in the next segment. Um, but it's almost 7.40. 7.40 each day from now until the draft. Mock draft injection. It's our drug. We need one every day. And this one is a key one. This is Todd McShay. Is Todd McShay leaning into oh. the narrative created by Jim Ursay? That oh. is next.